Abby, I'm going to go read some books. That sounds like an excellent plan. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on December 27th, we'll be doing our 2021 wrap-up and talking about how the year went for us as far as our TBRs go. Then, on January 3rd, we will be revealing our official 2022 TBRs and talking about all of our book-related goals. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. We've got stickers, bookmarks, a miniseries, and more. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie and the Pirate Queen. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Live Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are discussing The Heritance Games by, ooh, Jennifer Lynn Barnes. By Jennifer Lynn Barnes. We are glad you guys have joined us once again. This book is a YA mystery thriller. I've not really read any other... Well, I read some mystery thrillers, but not a YA version. And you know, I can definitely get behind YA mysteries. Like, the twist and the turns were gripping. This definitely was a keeping you on the edge of your seat kind of novel. My only criticism, which we can probably get into later, is that the characters were very flat. I don't know. I wasn't really thrilled about the characterization a lot of the times. But when they were on the forefront, they definitely did hold my interest. Yeah, this was definitely an interesting book. I enjoyed the read. Not the best book I've read this year by any means. I agree about the characterization. I think it's just like the plot felt like it was more important than the characters. Yeah, I agree. It's a very plot-heavy book, which is fine. Like, I don't mind that it's plot-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not plot-heavy. I don't mind that it's plot-driven instead of being character-driven. So a lot of times, you know, we're very adamant how we like characterization. Great characters can really drive a good novel. I can't say, like, I love the characters in this novel, but when they were in the foreground, when the, they were driving the plot, they were fine but once they got out of the plot like you're like who is this character like especially like so there's four brothers guys and whenever one brother comes in you're like which one are you what are you doing and there's two that are pretty close to age and you're like who's this one what and plus they got their own love triangle Mm -hmm. all sorts because it's YA it's YA yep yeah I think one of the other downfalls of YA is that so often writers feel the need to do first person with a book like this I would have killed to have it in third person because I feel like it would have brought out the characters more and actually made them real people rather than these little pawns you know they kind of just like felt like pawns that were being moved around mm-hmm. so I mean how interesting yeah I can yeah well because you could even add more layers of mystery that way because Avery's not the only one who doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I I like these thoughts that you're having. Right? So that's one of my things about YA in general. Like, you don't have to write it in first person. I swear you don't. It's not necessary. Um, what YA books 
aren't in first person. Cinder? Is Cinder first person? Mm, no. Oh, now I have to think. Hold on. I know. I'm sorry. I'm making you think. Because I mean, like, because each book in, in the Lunar Chronicles focuses on a different character. Um, I know the book mm-hmm. we just read um, by Mercer Meyer, Gilded, was first person. Right? Yeah. Or was it? It was first remember. person. Okay, I thought so. The Lunar Chronicles were third person, which I think is part of what made them so awesome. Or helped make them so awesome. Yeah. The Finishing School series by Gail Carriger is in third person, but it's like limited third person. So you're focusing on Sophronia and what she's doing. You don't really get to see much of what other characters are doing when they're not interacting with her, but it's not first person. It's just very focused third person, which I also like. I <laughs> I feel like I like third person better than first person most of the time. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you do multiple first person point of views, like Six of Crows, then I like it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's really well done. I think my biggest thing is just like, I don't like being limited to one character most of the time. Yeah. And we only get to really see Avery's point of view, which I mean, I'm going to talk about this later. I do appreciate because Avery's smart and I love how she sees the puzzles and everything. Mm-hmm. One of the books I'm reading right now, the book of life, which is the third book in the all souls trilogy, not YA mind you. Um, it actually switches between third person for Matthew, one of the main characters and first person for, Diana, the um, other main character, which is fine. I like that because we get to kind of see, we don't per se get to see into Matthew's head as much as Diana's head, but I like that style too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that also works too. Lots of things to think about. Well, Abby, could you tell us about what the, what is this book about even? Sure thing. Avery Grimes is just trying to survive high school long enough to win a scholarship and graduate. What could the death of a billionaire Tobias Hawthorne have to do with her? Well, she's about to try and find out. The deceased billionaire has left everything to her on the condition that she live in his mansion for a year. With all of his family members who have now been deprived of the inheritance they expected to receive. Kind of a scary premise. Not So, Abby, would you... Would you accept, um, what was it, like $75 billion to live in somebody's house and you basically stole their inheritance? How would you feel about doing that? I'd do it. (laughs) Yeah? Okay, well. Of course, I also wouldn't be caring about all the games that Tobias is trying to play from the grave. I'd just be like, let me hole up in the library. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm going to hang out here for a year. Y'all do whatever you want. These things are true. There are multiple libraries you can enjoy. See, exactly. I could switch between the libraries. Nobody would ever be able to find me. I don't know. They're pretty good at finding things. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's plenty of books around to throw at them. These things are true. I think that's one of the things that got me, though, is Avery was actually trying to figure out the riddles. And I'm like, I wouldn't care if this was me. I'd just be like, he's dead. I have his money. So it's not like his family is destitute. So, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Mm, I don't know. I don't really like conflict. I really don't like people. I'd probably be just like, 
mm, I don't want to live in here with these people, you know? Mm-hmm. Not really a people-y person as much as people think I am. I, 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 I know you said as large and as big. And even with the libraries, there's still people. And I feel like they, no matter what Avery does, like people just manifest. You know what I mean? Like she can be chilling and relaxing in her own freaking rooms. And someone's knocking on the back of the fireplace going, hello, let me in. It's like, seriously, leave her alone. You know? Well, that's because the pawns have to move to move the plot. I know. I know. (laughs) Because I would have just told all the brothers. Nah, I'm just going to chill here for a year and go away. (laughs) I wouldn't have been drawn into this. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Should we talk characters? We should. So starting from the top, we have the main character, the main narrator, our protagonist, Avery Graham. She is a classic rags to riches trope. By the way, if you like tropes, here she is right here. 17-year-old who inherits a vast fortune literally out of nowhere. We have Tobias Hawthorne, who is dead, mind you. He is the late billionaire who left all of his money and an estate and everything. Abby, stop giggling. Stop giggling. Sorry. You go, and he's dead. And I thought that's where you were going to stop with this description. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Hawthorne, he's dead. No, I'm not that he's cruel. He's dead now. Um, but yes. This Tobias Hawthorne left his estate to a very unlikely person, Avery. And who could he have left his estate to? He could have left his estate to Nash, the oldest of the Hawthorne brothers, a 22-year-old who is a nomad and follows to his own drumbeat. Grayson Hawthorne, the second oldest Hawthorne brother, the 20-year-old was the heir and parent to the Hawthorne estate. He was the attended heir for all of Tobias's fortune. The money could have been left to Jameson um, Hawthorne, the third oldest Hawthorne brother, the 18-year-old who craves puzzles and mysteries. Or the money could have gone to Alexander, um, also known as Xander Hawthorne, the youngest of the Hawthorne brothers, who is 15-year-old, who loves scones, and who was very close to his grandfather. But no, all the money went to Avery, and with Avery comes her sister, um, Libby Grams, who is actually her half-sister and her guardian, she cares for Avery after Avery's mom passes away. And Libby's 24 years old. So a little bit older. Nash might be 24 as well, actually. I don't remember them ever saying his age. So eh, me neither. He could be older, which is fine. It's fine if yeah. he's older. But yes. So there we have it. This is our main cast of characters. Um, there are a few supporting characters like Oren, who is the head of security who basically ends up being Avery Shadow. There is Max, who we only get to meet through text messages and cell phone uses. Cell phone use, wow. Avery's best friend. There's also, gosh, the lawyer who pops in, um, Ortega. Can't remember her first name. But she's also a good size supporting character who manifests a whole bunch. And she's like, don't do that. She's like, um, what is it? Jiminy Cricket of lawyers for Avery. Yeah, that's true. And even better is that she and Nash were once an item. And so now we have that extra tension in the household as well. Because of course. Because of course. And then just to add to some tension, we have Zara and Skye, who are Tobias's daughters, who did not inherit the estate. 
And guess what? They also get to live in the mansion as well. See, this is why I don't want to live all these people. There's too many people in this mansion. I don't care how big it is. I would not want to deal with two women who were stifled out of their money or four mysterious grandsons. I mean, I just told them to leave me alone. Like, Avery doesn't have to have conversations with these people. She's the one who's choosing to do it. This is true. I would literally just ask them to leave me alone. Like, And yet... They don't. I know. Mm-hmm. So there we have the cast of characters plus a few side characters thrown in. As always, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to deep dive into our characters, our favorite scenes, least favorite scenes, and give a rating as well. We'll talk to you guys in a second. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hello, everybody. I'm Megan. And I'm Samantha. With Literary Lushes. And we want to tell you about our podcast. Join us every other week as we dive into a sci-fi or fantasy novel where we also drink cocktails inspired by the novel. We post YouTube videos of us making the cocktails. And a lot of the times we even have the authors on, including Dennis E. Taylor, Marissa Myers, and even Angela Roquet. So join us because you don't want to miss the podcast that's been described as not taking ourselves too seriously. And with that, we say stay Stay lively with your libations. Welcome back, guys. Don't forget, this is all spoilers. So if you haven't read the Inheritance Games, please pause, go read it, and then come back and talk to us. We're going to start with favorite characters. Mo, who'd you like the best? I real well, I liked, I, I liked a lot of characters. Okay, so I really enjoyed Avery. She's smart. She's inquisitive. Um, she's a lover of these mysteries and riddles. I love, since it's a first-person point of view, we get to see her mind and how it works and how she solves puzzles. Like you can just see how the author did a really good job writing someone who gets excited about finding little details and who gets hyper fixated on like the picture and then can put all the pieces together and then see the big picture. Like you get to see the light bulbs literally coming to life inside of Avery's head. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Libby which is her sister. I appreciate, well, for one, I like the way she dresses. I love her multicolored hair, her punk, all black, like totally feeling that vibe. And I love, she's flawed. She's a flawed character. She's got some issues, but I love how much she loves Avery and how she strives to do her best for Avery. Mm-hmm. Again, she has some issues. Name Drake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, Drake is an issue. And that's her big flaw, but it's still her... F- Flaw does not take away her biggest assets. I like Nash. Nash is the best Hawthorne brother for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, we don't have to deal with the love triangle that we get with Grayson and Jamie. Xander's kind of obnoxious, honestly. Like, hard pass on Xander. Yeah. But Nash is just like, I love how he's this cool and suave Texas cowboy. I can just picture like his 10 gallon hat, his big old belt buckle and his cowboy boots, him riding up through the sunset, thus kicking up on his horse going yeehaw with his lasso. I know he's not quite doing that. Okay. But that's, I mean, like he is Texas, like, and I did the audiobook, So the um, narrator definitely gave him a Texan accent versus like the other guys don't have a Texan accent really. Um, Jamie kind of does, but they, um, the narrator kept, gray and xander a little bit more refined i thought so Mm -hmm. okay so this may have just been me but i kept picturing nash as a young version of clint eastwood no the young 
God, I'm blanking on his name, and I love his character too. From Mercy Thompson, the cowboy werewolf. I'm blanking on his name. Warren. Lauren. Oh, Warren. Warren. Yes. yes. Sorry, I had to think about it first. But I kept picturing him as a younger version of how Warren looks in my head. It's just like not a werewolf. Mm-hmm. That may have just been me, but yeah, oh, Warren as much as you did. All right. Which is fine. You you can see Warren. It happens. All right. Who else did you like? I said Nash. Okay. Um, Max. So we don't get to see a lot of Max in this book, but I appreciate she is Avery's only true friend. And the only reason why she can't, we definitely have some friendship spats because Avery was very focused on Avery, not focused on Max at all. Max didn't really address it. And then of course, Max got her cell phone taken away by her parents, but she's just hilarious. And she really does try to support Avery the best way, she, as best as a 17 year old character can support their friend they're all flawed they don't know the how they're doing when they're 17 but mm-hmm. yeah what about for you abby those were that's what i got okay so i liked avery i thought she was a good protagonist she was fun to follow i liked how intelligent she was she's just all around a good character to follow for this since we had to be in first person <laughs> the oh, i kept wanting to like xander more than i did you know? Mm-hmm. I do. I do know. I kept wanting to like him every time he showed up and I just, I just couldn't. The only brother that I really liked was Nash because he wasn't really involved in the drama. And I, I was kind of on his wavelength with all these puzzles. Like this is too much of a headache. I don't want to deal with it. That would have been me in this situation. I definitely would have been Nash in this situation, just like deuces, I'm out. Thanks. <laughs> like I don't, I don't need this. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I love Nash. I love how Nash is just like, guys, you're all stupid. Seriously, I don't want to play this game. I don't care about the money. Go figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So I mean, those are the only two characters that I genuinely liked, and I feel bad about that. Like Max was okay, but. So, what about least favorite characters then? Yes. Yes, Abby. What about those least favorite? Uh, seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I did have Jamie and Gray in here, but they're not actually that terrible. Xander's freaking obnoxious in this book. I don't know. I don't know. I tried. I tried for Xander. I just could not find anything I liked about Xander for this book. At the end, yeah. I was like, damn it, Xander. Like, could you have been in this book a little bit more? Yeah, um, the Larsons, the groundskeeper and housekeeper, they're very cold to Avery. They're not, I don't know, they're just generally, I don't I feel like the way they're treating a 17-year-old is kind of awful. Like, she had no choice in this, so why are you trying to just make her life a living hell kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. So I got them. Zara and Skye, okay, you guys are, for one, you ladies are adults. This yeah. child had no say in this will and yes a sane human would try to live in a year for 75 billion dollars maybe if you are nice to her and worked with her and showed her how the family works kind of tried to befriend her i mean all of their debts got wiped out by their father 
you know, like, why are you so self-centered and so, oh, you, I don't even know. You're so, Mm -hmm. It does make me wonder if they were partially them being so self-centered was from the parenting that Tobias did or did not do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you haven't read book two. No, I haven't. There's stuff in there's stuff in there about the family and more stuff but you don't know anything if you haven't read it so i can't tell you because i won't spoil it for you okay so i mean zara is not as bad as sky sky would literally try to kill avery with the help of drake which by the way drake what the actual what seriously what a piece of scum so drake tried to shoot Avery. Drake tried to run Avery off the road with his car. Was he hired by Sky or were they just working together? I can't remember for sure. I, it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't matter. The end matter. result was the same. E- either yes. way. Either way. Yeah. So, and what even sucks more is that Libby is so hung up on Drake that she has blinders. And I'm like, Libby, girl, you got to grow up a little bit. Like, Drake is bad news. Drake was bad news before we even got in, into this money situation. Drake is extra more bad news now. So let's get out of this as well. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't like any of the students at the school either. Thea could hard pass on her. Gosh. um, I like Avery and Avery and everyone else I named. Not a lot. There's not a lot of redeemable characters. Yeah, a lot of these characters, I feel like she was going for flawed and she just ended up at annoying a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I basically found most of the family annoying. Like Xander. I'm sorry. I tried so hard to like him and it just wasn't happening. And Zara and Sky trying to intimidate this 17-year-old. It's just like, are you kidding me? You're grown adults. Are you kidding me? And like, even what you learn of them in just this book makes me go, I feel like you adults should not have been released on the world. Right. And not just that, like, which one? Sky, Race. Well, Sky's an awful mom. And Zara doesn't have kids. Yeah. I don't know, Abby. They're, Zara's not as bad. Zara's just trying... Zara's trying to legally get her way back into money. Sky, she's like, let me just kill you. Sky bothers me because it's like, even her, having her kids was so manipulative. Right? Was- like, none of them even know their fathers. And she purposely went out every time she decided she needed another kid and got pregnant. Yeah. And like, wow, that is so manipulative. If you read the second book, you can learn about Nash's dad and how that all went down. Quite interesting. Mm. Okay. It, 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 it will make you dislike Sky even more. Oh, and good. feel bad for Zara. And then you feel bad for Zara. Oh, good. Yep. Good stuff. Libby is another one of those characters who, like, when I met her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like you. And then the Drake crap happened. And I'm like, no, never mind. I don't like you anymore. And it's not that I don't feel bad for her, but I'm also, I was more frustrated and annoyed by her choices than I liked her, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, you are 24 years old. You are the guardian of this minor and you are involved with a man who puts her in harm's way, even before all the money stuff. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? 
Oh, I know. I know. I understand. So, frustration level max, which made me not like either of them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for Libby being redeemed and out of the Drake situation. That will make me happy. But I was too frustrated with her in this book. I understand. And then Grayson and Jameson, I did not like the setup of the love triangle. I was not interested in either of those brothers. <laughs> I thought yeah. they were clearly trying to be these dark broody boys. And I'm just like, this is not working for you. You know? Well, and they kept hinting at like this dark past. And one of them, I don't even remember mm-hmm. which one it was, but one of them felt so guilty about that one chick's death. And then you actually find out about it. And I was just like, that's it? That's it? <laughs> That's what he's all dark and broody about. I mean, not that you shouldn't be upset about it because the girl died, but like, yeah, that's it. There was so much buildup to it and so little actual substance to the top of that little mountain. I was like, what? And the little respect I had for both Grayson and Jameson just jumped off that cliff with her. They did the, the, the woo, all went downhill from there. I know. I just. That just absolutely killed me. And then I was like, and Avery's interested in these two dudes? Like, really? Uh, yeah. I can't handle the love triangle. I really don't care about the love triangle. I'm not here for the love triangle. <laughs> I should have put, I don't know. I should put the, I don't dislike Jamie or Grayson. I dislike Jamie, Grayson, Avery. Yeah. I dislike the situation. The situation is what is driving me insane about them. Mm-hmm. And, and it honestly, and again, I'm going to encourage you to read the second book because the situation's not as bad. Okay. I'm not 100% against love triangles anymore. I used to be. But in the past year or two, I have actually read a couple love triangles that I enjoyed. And so I'm just like, they can be done well. Mm. Not all the time mm. and not in YA, but they can be done well. And so seeing love triangles and why like this just makes it that much worse because I've seen how they could be done well you know well um these things are true and I mean it's YA I get that there's gonna be a sappy overdramatic romance because YA kind of needs it but really so yeah a lot of these characters are just not great <laughs> and not even because they're like oh man bad characters they're just not great i agree well not just that again when the characters are in the forefront of the story they're very interesting but they're not fleshed out at all mm-hmm. as soon as they step out of your line of sight it's like oh wait there's other people around right and i wish like we had gotten more information on nash like nash is like the most interesting brother probably because we don't get any information on him right like, I'm sure, well, I don't know. I can't say I'm sure, but maybe we would dislike him if we had more information. May I just say, I genuinely forgot there were four brothers in this book for a little while while I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Because she was hanging around with one of them for like several chapters in a row. And then one of the Love Triangle brothers, I don't remember which one. And then the other one pops up and I'm like, oh yeah, there were four of you, weren't there? <laughs> Like, 
come that's from. That's what these characters just are. Right, I know. They step out of your line of sight, and you're like, there were characters there? Like, the lawyer stepped away for a few chapters, and when she came back, I'm like, oh, yeah, we did have a lawyer, didn't we? A little bit back there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what this book suffers from the most, is just the lack of the fleshed-out characters makes it hard to remember they even exist. Agreed. Like, Avery is the only one that's decently fleshed out. Nobody else had enough fleshing. Yeah, but that doesn't even really count for anything because she's telling the story. So, oh, well. All right. Were there any scenes that you liked? I have a few. Not a, okay, so in general, I read this book very fast. This book kept me on my seat. Um, I did this as a buddy read with Kim. So there are definitely times where books come up and I'm like, hey you want to read something together and then we as we read it we get to discuss it in real time which is fun so in general i liked almost the whole book it was just like i want to find out what's going to happen i need it was this twist oh we found we solved this puzzle this is great but like there's there's three standout scenes when i think about this book one i appreciate avery's heart because when she finds out she has all this money she sends her lawyer on this wild goose chase to find this man named henry with whom she was playing chess with every morning and she would go buy him an egg sandwich and she's like you know like i always play chess with him and he's not getting his food i don't know if he eats please go make sure that he's okay and unfortunately they never unfortunately they never find him to give him money Mm. i also like there's a scene in the forest. I guess we're halfway through the book at this point. I think it's with Jamie, but it's where everything starts to fall together. We learn that the Hawthorne brothers' middle names are all places on the grounds, and they're in Black. I think they're on Blackwood on the bridge, and they find another number, number eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, but and then they also find the tree engraved with Tobias Hawthorne second on it. Suddenly. The thick the the plot thickens that ooh Tobias Hawthorne the second you know mm-hmm. and so not just are we trying to keep Avery from getting her money there's another layer of death coming in and I feel like that scene was pivotal to deepening the plot making it more significant than um anything else was at this point mm-hmm. and then uh, the very end of the book that Avery finds out she knows who Toby was, that she's met Toby. For, okay, there's two things. One, she knows who Toby is, Tobias Hawthorne second. And two, she had met Tobias as a child, Tobias Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Toby is Harry from when she used to play chess. So Toby, Tobias Hawthorne second, who everyone thought was dead, is alive and knows who she is. And Tobias has been creepily evolved in her life without her knowing. Sorry, that part always kind of creeped me out a little bit that this old man was like, hmm, yes, Abby, what's your thought? I missed the fact that Harry was Toby. Did you? Did that happen in this book? Mm-hmm, very in the book. Oh, I completely missed that. <laughs> it's, it's like the last, like, two paragraphs of the book where she sees a picture of Toby as Harry or something. She's like, oh, shit, I know this man. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, I remember that now. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I was just like, I was completely blanking. I'm like, oh crap, that happened. <laughs> At the end of the book. Yeah, it's like the it's big reveal. Okay. 
like the, the, the two big things was that Tobias knew Avery. Well, I remembered the uh, memory that Avery had of meeting Tobias. I remembered mm-hmm. that. And then the picture. Maybe I was distracted by the memory. Yeah, I mean, they dropped both bombshells within the same, like, two last pages. So which one do you focus on? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel better. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, guys, this this is a spoiler half. Just so you know, we just I just gave you like some major points that I just spoiled. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, can I just say, was I the only one who kept expecting them to find a dead body at some point? Yes, I was <laughs> not expecting dead bodies to show up. Um, this whole book, I just why were you trying to find a dead body? Like you're like, oh, I need a dead body to show up. That would just make this thriller mystery I perfect. Know. I was just getting murder mystery vibes, and I kept expecting somebody to find a dead body, and they never did. No, there are no dead bodies. <laughs> no, but like, okay, during the bridge scene, I totally thought they were gonna find a dead body in the forest. I don't know why I felt like they needed to find a dead body, but apparently I did. Nope. No bodies, no limbs, no buckets of blood, <laughs> nothing, Abby. No, not. I didn't need limbs or buckets of blood. I just needed a dead body in the forest. This is not my favorite murder. This is a mystery about money. Okay, fine. I agree. I really liked the scene with the forest and the bridge where they find the number. Uh, That was definitely a good plot point. I had trouble also coming up with actual scenes in this book that stood out to me. I liked seeing the libraries, but that's always something that catches my attention in books. So, and then I really liked finding out more about Tobias's relationship with his grandsons and the fact that they had that challenge every year from him and like I thought that was a really cool relationship like it was very interesting it was nothing I would have expected Mm -hmm. so I liked that I liked finding out about that it was cool and that's about it (laughs) okay do you remember any of the challenges at all I know it had to do with numbers and the number was all around his house so, wait, are you talking about the challenge or the one where they had to do something significant where he get where Tobias funded their the thing they're in? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about um, Tobias would fund them for mm-hmm. a year doing whatever the challenge um, was. I think Jamie's. I'm pretty sure it was Jamie or Xander. One of them did a comic book. Someone made a comic book. Yeah, somebody made a comic book. There was like swimming competitions and mm-hmm. musical instruments and languages. and They just had to be the very best at it. Right. And may I just say, that's way too much competition. (laughs) It is. I would have hated that growing up. (laughs) Well, unless I could have challenged him to, I could read 500 books in a year. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Man, if some billionaire out there wants to pay me to read 500 books in a year, please do. (laughs) All right. I'll go find you a billionaire that will do that. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) Shall we jump into least favorite scenes? All right, hit me. Huh. Okay. So we go from this lovely scene on the bridge and we find all these things together. Pretty sure Jamie even kissed Avery on the bridge. And then she gets shot. Oh, but then we got to keep the shooting a secret. Avery, you've just been shot at. You got some P, was it PTSD from the shot? And you're going to keep 
being shot at a secret children seriously like this is like this is like when i read harry potter and think why are we letting these kids run around like this where are the adults you know it's always the trouble with ya where are the adults and why aren't they doing anything i'm the only i mean so like warp assassin honestly um cheyenne no not siobhan chevy chevy hell she she was a good adult like like yeah i mean she was young she was 16 but she was smart had a good head on her shoulders just like in six of crows all six of those main characters who are between 15 and 17 don't need an adult you know who needs adults these kids in this Mm -hmm. book needed a adult because they had too much freedom and too much money and i'm like you've been shot at tell an adult and they don't need adults like zara or sky they need adults here adults (laughs) Uh, they, they need Oren. They need actual adults who will adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, again, just young adult novel sometimes. Learning how Emily died—that was an awful scene. I felt terrible. Well, for one, Emily, you know, dies from a pre-existing heart condition. But Gray and Jamie are dumb, and Gray's like, "Let's go jump off a cliff." Well. Honestly, Emily was like, let's go jump off cliff. And Gray's like, what? And there she goes. And so he's like, oh, shit. Well, let me jump too. And then, of course, Jamie's there. Well, we're, again, where are the adults? Why is there so much money? Why is no one stopping these kids from taking a helicopter to some random place to jump off a cliff? With a girl who, oh, well, Emily was dumb too. Yeah, Emily was dumb and she dragged the two dummies with her. And she pitted them against one another. Uh-huh. So she was also mean. Ah, anyway. Hated that crap. That was the other thing. Like, I was expecting her to be the sympathetic character, and then you find out that she pitted them against each other, and I'm like, and I'm supposed to be, feel bad that she died? Like, uh-huh. oh, I hate it. I hated everything about that situation. Oh, yeah. They were all stupid. They all had too much money, and they all sucked. Like, too much freedom. They yeah. all sucked. And then, lastly... The love triangle. Anything that involved the love triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, Abby, I don't like romance. I really don't care. If you're going to get with somebody, pick one of them and stick with it. Don't go, oh, what is the other one doing? Oh, who cares? You picked one. That's it. That's what you got. The end. But drama. I don't like drama. Just pick one. The end. <laughs> the only drama I like is... Oh, we found the dead body in the woods. Better figure out how killed it. But there was no dead body, Abby, just so you know. Why was there no dead body? There should have been a dead body. Abby's review. Where's my dead body? Four stars. The dead body would have been better than Emily. Can I just say how stupid it is? Oh, my God. Okay, now, technically, Emily was a dead body. Is that a bad joke? No, I love that. But they didn't find her in the woods, so only four stars. They found her on the beach, at least. But she died from a pre-existing heart condition. Nobody killed her. That's lame. (laughs) Anyway. Like, genuinely. Okay, when they were talking about this, I genuinely thought that she jumped off the cliff and something happened because she jumped off the cliff. Like, she hit rocks or she didn't come back up from the water. Like, something like that. No, 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 no. She was perfectly fine. She went and laid down on the beach and died because her heart was weak. Like, are you kidding me? That is the dumbest conclusion to that story ever. 
I would have liked it so much better if she'd bashed her head on the rocks below. And that's why they both felt guilty. Like, <sighs> I'm sorry. The pre-existing condition was just like such a lame out. I know. Oh, I hated it. Mm. Yeah, basically anything that tried to further this love triangle, I despised. Just There was nothing good about it. I didn't care about either of them. I didn't like either of them. And so Avery making out with both of them, I was just like, I no, I don't care. But why are we wasting this time? Yes. <laughs> it's like maybe Avery should get with Nash. Oh wait, I want Libby to be with Nash. Never mind. <laughs> yes. No Libby and Nash are the only couple in this book that I like. Yes. Now them I was shipping hard. I'm like, come on, Libby, let's go. Get get with that boy. Come on, Libby. He wants to take care of you. Come on, Libby. Walking down to the Nash. Get the Nash. Oh, yep. That was a hundred percent where I was. I was like, Libby and Nash. Libby and Nash, why are they not kissing already? These things are true. Oh, because even like, even being the flat side characters they were, they had more chemistry than Avery did with either Jamie or Grayson. Like, I know. Frustrating. Just frustrating. <laughs> Have all YA books always been like this? I don't. I, I, like, no. The YA books we were reading in high school that we enjoyed. Did they have romances this flat? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't think so. I'm like, is this just because we're not teenagers anymore? We don't like the drama of it? I never liked drama anyway. I don't care about drama. I know. I don't remember liking drama when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, okay. That's just an us thing. Yeah. All right. So what did you give this book? Okay. I put four star. Let me actually verify that. Did I verify? And did I say five? Like maybe it's four and a half. Let me go check my Goodreads first because now I'm having like serious doubts within my memory. Mm-hmm. Come on. Type in inheritance and it's like, would you like to look at Aragon? I'm like, no, I need to see inheritance games. Would you like to look at Eldest? I'm like, inheritance games. Okay, so I was right. This was a very solid four star for me. Good book, well written, characterization a little lacking, great plot. That plot like zipped, zip, zip. Like I was engaged, I was interested. If I'd been reading it as a book book, I probably wouldn't have been sitting there and going flip, 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 done. Instead of reading, listening, I listened to it. So I was doing laundry. So it definitely drove my household chores and got them done. I loved all the twists and turns. I read the sequel. Sequel definitely has second book syndrome. This was better than that one, but I still liked it. I still gave it a four star. So worth reading. Would recommend the sequel. I am going to read the final book, The Final Gambit, which comes out next year at mm-hmm. some point. So I'm ready. I want to see what happens. I am invested in like the characters. But I'm invested in Avery. I want Avery to be happy. I want like her to get her... I don't want to say happy ending. I just want her to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, so initially I gave this four and a half stars because I was on that book high, but the more I've thought about it, I knocked it back down to just four stars mm-hmm. because it just, it doesn't live up to four and a half stars for me. So solid four-star book, 
It's got an interesting plot. It's fast paced. It's well paced. Oh yeah. You definitely don't get bored. Like she the, the author did a great job not lingering on stupid crap, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I also listened to this as an audiobook. So I definitely it made chores go a little faster the couple of days that I was listening to it, which was really nice. So definitely great audiobook. But I mean, having heard that the second book kind of has second book syndrome, I sort of want to wait until you read the third one and tell me if it's actually worth finishing the trilogy. <laughs> you don't want to know what happened. Man, see, I wanted to know what happens. Like, I'm really invested in finding Toby. We get to learn more about the boys' dads. We kind of dropped the love triangle crap and only focus on one of the brothers. There was a big WTF moment, me and Kim. I got to the WTF chapter. And I was like, what did I just read? And she's like, I know. And so... Yeah, I'm not really invested enough in this mystery. I, I would like a review of the third one, spoiler free, before I decide if I want to read two and three. Okay. Just because there's so many other books that I'm so much more interested in picking up right now. So I'm just like, eh, this is not at all high on my list. Well, things I do need to know, Abby, very important question. How many books do you have on your 2022 TBR list so far? Okay. On my list list, I have 34 books. I'm probably going to add a couple to that, but we will see. 34. 34, huh, friend? Uh Uh-huh. And how many are on yours? Mine's not vetted. Mine's at 119 currently. (laughs) But I do have to wonder how many books have you finished reading for 2022 or 2021 that are on your list? Mm -hmm, How many? As of recording this episode on December 16th, I have finished 95 books this year. Oh, damn. And how <laughs> many of those are on your uh, TV? Um, a good portion of them. <laughs> um, I didn't, I have not gotten through my 2021 TBR. 100% have not. Two I DNF'd. 10 I have not finished. Um, I'm currently reading two others. Okay. So for me, I've read 28 that were on my TBR list for this year. I plan on finishing one more for the TBR list. I think it's going to be my, the final Broken Earth trilogy book. So that, but that'll be at 29. And I'll probably have at least two more books done for the rest of the year. I will probably end the year at 58 books. So I, I anticipate 29 of the books I've read will be on my TBR. And I'm, I'm anticipating finishing the year at 58 books. Nice. Depending, I have 14, 14, 15 days left in the year. That's two weeks. I do have vacation set for the last week of December. So... I could possibly be a 60. I could possibly read other books on my TBR, um, but we will see. We will see. We will talk about that when we get to that episode. We will. Thank you for your update. And yours as well. All right, guys. Well, that's it for tonight. Thank you for listening again. Hopefully you read this book because we definitely kind of slaughtered the whole plot for you. Any of the good twists or anything. And if you read this book, let us know what you thought. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you next week, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. 
everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.